I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Adam Munstertiger from BuffStampede.com, the Colorado site on the 24-7 platform. Washington takes on Colorado at 8 o'clock kickoff in Boulder, which is 7 o'clock Seattle time in uh, Folsom Field. Been a couple years since we've been back at Colorado, but looking forward to coming on out and hanging out in Boulder, which is a really cool town. Adam, regime change, new coaches, new coaching staff, just a general all different feel over in Boulder, Colorado. What difference has Mel Tucker brought to the Colorado program? Well, it hasn't really quite shown up in the win-loss column. You know, obviously they're four and six right now and need to win both games against two quality teams to gain bowl eligibility. Doesn't look very likely. But there, there's a different feel within this Colorado program with Mel Tucker taking over. Uh, he's more uncomfortable in his own skin than, you know, honestly, the the previous three head coaches that I've covered at Colorado. And he has an SEC pedigree. He was the defensive coordinator at Georgia the previous two years, uh, was the you know, coordinator in the national championship game in 2017. Before that, he was with Nick Saban at Alabama. He's actually been hired four times by Nick Saban. So that tells you a little bit about just kind of his uh, pedigree as a coach. And he was in the NFL coaching for a while, was an interim with the Jacksonville Jaguars as their interim head coach for a little while. So he was due for his first opportunity to lead a college football team. And, you know, since he got hired last December, he's seemingly done everything right uh, and has endeared himself to the fan base because he's not a, he's a no excuses, no nonsense type coach and is not making excuses there's a lot to sell as a head coach at CU, but obviously recent success is not one of them. Uh, you know, you know, he's trying to sell the, the vision with their their facilities and the fact of Boulder being beautiful and kind of the, the tradition they had back in, in the 90s, early 2000s when they were consistently competing for championships. So uh, Mike McIntyre did a lot of good things. He had a great run in 2016, was not able to build off that. Uh, he came from San Jose State and just didn't kind of had a, a small time mentality, whereas Tucker has coached on the biggest stages and, and realizes what it takes to get there. Now, it's going to take some time. Uh, right now, they do have the sixth ranked recruiting class by 24-7 sports in the Pac-12, which is a step up. You know, Mike McIntyre's classes typically ranked at or near the bottom of the Pac-12. So they got to get talent in here. Uh, it's going to take some time and uh, we'll, we'll see how it, it shakes out. But everything looks good so far. Is it showing up in fan support? Yeah, you know, Colorado and Utah, based on stadium capacity, have actually had the best attendance numbers this season. This week's a little bit more challenging because the students are going on Thanksgiving break, uh, you know, after they're done with their classes this week. So a lot of them are going to be heading back home. So the AD has actually been, you know, giving out season ticket plan or giving out free tickets to season ticket holders. So they're trying to get as many people in the stadium as they can. It's going to be more challenging this game, but really this season, given the history of recent history of CU football in the lack of success, it's been pretty impressive to see the, the fan support that they've actually gotten so far this season. Taking a look at the offense, Steven Montez has been there for 15 years, I believe. Is that about right? <laughs> it seems like it at this the point. Quarterback yeah. Steve Montez. Uh, how's he doing this year? He's a guy that when he first uh, came in, I thought he had the potential to be one of the top quarterbacks in the conference. But from an outsider looking in, the development hasn't been as rapid and as high as I thought that we would see. Yeah, you hit that on the head. His passing efficiency rating has actually gotten worse every year. Uh, and, and it is only four years, believe it or not, in terms of him playing on the field. Uh, 
it's been perplexing because he does have all the physical tools. He, he kind of reminds me of the, the starting quarterback in Washington right now. You know, he's he's got stretch. He has stretches where he's really, really good. But there's just not that consistency quarter to quarter, half to half, week to week. And sometimes it comes out and, and he looks like, no joke, a first round NFL quarterback. There's other weeks where if you're an NFL scout, you wouldn't even touch him. So pass protection has been an issue at times. It's not all on Steven Montez. But yeah, you have not seen the development out of his game. He has matured, become a better leader. And uh, for whatever reason, that just has not shown itself in terms of consistency. Now, he has gone through three changes in terms of a quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator in this new system that they're running right now. It's very multiple. There's a lot thrown on Steven Montez, more than he's ever had in terms of responsibility in his career. So that's part of it. But still, yeah, you'd like to see that growth. He's a fifth year senior. You'd like to see that, you know, when he gets pressured, he's not rattled. And that still is not the case when he, when other teams get pressure on him, he struggles with, with, with consistency. And so, uh, you know, it's, an interesting deal. He's going to end up as Colorado's all-time leading passer in terms of yards and touchdowns. And he's already started more consecutive games than any other quarterback in program history. Yet, if they don't go to a bowl game this year, he will not have led this team to a bowl game with him with himself as the full-time starter at quarterback. So, uh, very polarizing topic on our message board, as you can imagine. And and. This is senior night, so you think if there's a time for him to put it all together, this would be a good time as his career is uh, closing to an end here. Give me the view from the fans sitting at the 50-yard line when Colorado has the ball. What are they going to see? Say that again? When Give me the 50-yard line view of a fan sitting in the stands when Colorado has the ball. Describe this offense. Yeah, it's very multiple. You're going to see some spread concepts. You're going to see uh, – 12 personnel, 11 personnel, you're going to see two tight ends out there at times. That's part of the thing, like I was talking about, in, in terms of how it's a, it's more complex offense that Steve Amontes is running. You're going to see him under center. You're going to see him in the pistol. You're going to see him in the shotgun. You're going to see them vary their tempo. So at times they'll push that pace. Other times they'll take their time. It's about making it harder for the other team to game plan for in, you know, in, in, deal with throughout a game uh, on the flip side of that, obviously with the first year head coach, a new system, it's taken time for this offense in, in the personnel to get used to it. And so it's been a learning curve and actually midway through preseason camp, this, this coaching staff had to dial back what they were doing because there were just too many mental mistakes out there on the field. And some of that's continued to show throughout the season. So it's very multiple when it's working, it's working really well. When it's not, it, it's ugly. And so they've been very inconsistent offensively. And they've got more talent than than has shown up on the scoreboard offensively this season. LaVisca Chenault, one of the top playmakers in college football, although he's had an injury this year, they just have not had the consistency offensively. And that's been the main frustrating point for, for Colorado fans this year is that this is an offense that really should be putting up over 30 points a game, but just has not been very consistent. It all starts up front. Tell me a little bit about that offensive line. It's gotten better. It was really the weak link of this team the previous two years. And, and frankly, going five and seven the previous two years, if you looked at one unit and said that's that's why they didn't go to a bowl game, you'd point to the offensive line. But they've gotten better. They brought in a grad transfer from Oklahoma State and Arlington Hambright, who started every game at left tackle, was the, the Pac-12 offensive lineman of the week in, in their last game. Tim Lenat, starting center, is a senior that's 
been around and has bounced back with a good senior season. And so they, they've got some experience up front. It's not, again, going back to the consistency, it just is not there necessarily quarter to quarter. But compa- comparing them to the previous two years, it, it's been a unit that's played significantly better. And uh, they, they rank among the best in the Pac-12 in terms of sacks allowed. There have been times where Montez has been pressured and, you know, it doesn't necessarily show up in that stat in terms of sacks allowed. But generally, uh, you know, college football fans are always going to pick on the offensive line if they can. And it's been a group that the the fan base has actually not picked on this year because they've been better than they they were the previous two years. LaVisca Chenault, those who follow football know the name. Those who are casual fans may not. He does everything. One of the most outstanding football players, not only in the conference, but nationwide. He's expected to leave early, be a first-round draft pick uh, in the NFL draft. Uh, For those not familiar with LaVisca Chenault, tell people what he is and what he does. Well, yeah, like you said, he he does everything. Uh, He will line up in the Wildcats on short yard situations, and he has yet to, to fail to convert on one of those. He is just automatic. If it's fourth and one, third and two, you put him in the Wildcat, you're getting a first down every time because he's built like a brick house. And uh, he has dealt with injuries, though. Uh, You know, through the first six games of the 2018 season, he uh, was as dynamic as any player in college football. They were 5-0 and to start last year. And and believe it or not, if you weren't paying attention, there was actually Heisman chatter with LaVisca Chenault until he suffered a turf toe injury. Was not quite the same again last year and this year. The first three weeks, basically every team they they played was determined not to let LaVisca Chenault beat them. So they bracketed him and and kind of focused their defensive game plan to stop him. And he still made some plays, but Colorado was forced to look to other guys. And then week four, he suffered an uh, abdominal injury at Arizona State, missed a couple games, came back, just has not been the same since. And he actually hyperextended his knee in their last game against Stanford. He came back late in the game and had a big fourth and one conversion out of the Wildcat. But he's he's kind of a, a shell of what LaVisca Chanel can be when he's healthy right now. So they kind of limit his reps. But uh, he's so talented that they, even if he's just a decoy out there, they've been trying to u- utilize him as best they can. Um, we hear that, uh, you know, week to week that he might be doing better and then game time comes and he's still his reps are still limited. So it's hard to know quite what you're going to get from him week to week. But when they do target him, he, he still has, he still finds ways to make plays. Give us an idea. Also, some of the other playmakers that fans want to keep an eye on when Buffalo, when the Buffaloes have the ball. Yeah, you probably want want to go next to Tony Brown, a senior wide receiver. He had three touchdowns against Arizona State uh, that lift them to their first road win over a ranked team in 17 years. He's had some big plays in each of their other wins over Colorado State, Nebraska in Stanford and is a guy that's just kind of a picture of consistency. So even though Chenault has been banged up, he's a guy that's stepped up in a big way. Their running backs are pretty good. They're, they're not the home run threats, but they're, you know, consistently getting that five yard gain, five, six yard gain. And that's a sophomore Alex Fontenot and Jaron Mangum, who's a true freshman had a lot of scholarship offers coming out of Detroit. So those two guys are pretty solid, you know, not guys that like Chenault that you're going to be, uh, aware of it unless you're a diehard Pac-12 fan, but but those guys have done a pretty good job this year. Uh, that, that's kind of the the breakdown. Katie Nixon is another receiver that's done pretty well. He's been pretty inconsistent, some drops, mental mistakes, fumbles this year, but uh, he he does have that big play ability. 
if you're Washington's defensive coordinator, how do you stop uh, Colorado's offense? You just got to get get after Steven Montez. When, when he's been pressured this year, they just have not been very good offensively. I know that's the case with most teams. You could pressure on the quarterback, good things are going to happen. But with Montez, he seems to get rattled if he gets hit, hit early in the game and just kind of gets thrown off kilter. So the teams that have been successful in getting after him have had success. In their wins, his jersey's been clean. So that, that really is the key. On the defensive side of the ball, I think that's something that Mel Tucker is really focusing on, uh, you know, improving the defense, making it more physical. Uh, give me that, uh, you know, defensive line up front. Are they going to be able to stop? Washington's got a pretty good offensive line, you know, and that always seems to be the key matchup. So uh, tell me about the defensive line over at Colorado. Yeah, it's getting better. You know, that was a group that only returned two guys that had ever played a college snap this season. So uh, of the eight guys that have played significant snaps on their defensive line this season, six of them are newcomers. And, and one of them, Mustafa Johnson, is it was a first-team preseason All-Pac-12 guy. But he suffered an ankle injury in week four. And he's just now kind of getting back to being uh, productive like people expected him to. He had a sack against Stanford and was pretty good in that game. Terrence Lang has been developing. But it, it's a pretty green group still at this point. They, they have gotten better as they've gotten more experience, but it, it is a group that uh, Washington should and, and probably will have success against on Saturday. When you take a look at a quarterback like Jacob Eason, I think he's had an up and down year, but you know, without a doubt, he's got one of the strongest arms in the country. Tell me about the defensive secondary and can it be exploited? Yeah, Delrick Abrams Jr., a senior cornerback who was out against Stanford, is back in the mix uh, following the bye week, so that'll help them there. Mikhail Unu, it was a graduate transfer from SMU that uh, has actually been uh, accounted for six of their turnovers this year, uh, three, uh, four interceptions, and uh, he's forced some fumbles and, and has been a pretty steady influ- uh, player back there. Darian Rakestraw, uh, safety has gotten better. And then they're starting a true freshman, K.J. Trujillo, at the other cornerback spot. It's a group that, again, it's gotten better overall. But, uh, again, if Eason ha- has a good day, uh, I think he can exploit that group. It, this, this defense just in general is not as talented and, and as deep and as experienced as you need it to be. Uh, there was 15 straight games where they gave up 30 or more points. They finally broke that streak against Stanford by only allowing 13 points. But the, the Cardinal missed a lot of opportunities in that game. So this is a defense that you, you kind of expect going in each week. They're going to give up over 30 points. And it's kind of on the offense, which has been ex- uh, inconsistent, as I mentioned, that needs to put up a lot of points in order for them to have chances to win games. A little bit of altitude in Boulder. Does that impact special teams at all? Not really. I, you know, I've talked to punters and kickers over the years covering this program, and there's a couple yards you gain from that. But it's not quite as dramatic as maybe some people will make it out to be. Colorado's place kicker, James Stefano, is actually out for the rest of the season with a hip injury. They, It's kind of a, a feel-good story. They uh, had their walk-on freshman, Evan Price, handle the duties with Stefano out last game against Stanford. And he hit all three, including the game winner, as time expired. But, uh, you know... I don't think altitude plays a huge factor as much as they want to. They, they throw the altitude in front of the opposing team in their locker room just to kind of try to get it in their head in terms of conditioning. But, you know, frankly, uh, I have never really thought that was as big a deal as some people make it out to be. Health-wise, how is Colorado? Any uh, key injuries, anything to keep an eye on other than LaVisca Chenault? Yeah, Chenault being less than 100%. 
Uh, I mentioned Stefano, the kicker, with a hip injury. But uh, aside from that, they're really about as healthy as they've been since early in the season with Mustafa Johnson getting healthier. Uh, you, you've seen Delrick Abrams Jr. during the, the bye week get healthy, one of their starting cornerbacks. Uh, so they're about as they definitely can't use injuries as an excuse at this point in the season. Their right guard, Colby Purcell, had his gallbladder removed uh, four weeks into the season. He's back in the mix now. So, uh, yeah, about as healthy as they've been for a while. Weather-wise, looks like we're going to uh, avoid the snow. Doesn't look too bad, Adam. No, it's going to be pretty chilly. I think they're they're talking about it being in the 30s throughout the game. So it's going to be cold out there. Um, but uh, it doesn't sound like precipitation or major wind or anything. And uh, for those coming to um, Boulder, well, before I go there, what's going on with Ralphie, man? Ralphie is 13 years old now, and she is more spunky than she's ever been. She wants to run faster than the handlers can 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 handle, <laughs> and so they have not. She has not been picking up on. The, the handlers cues as well recently. And so you, you've got people down on the field pregame and, and before the second half when she normally runs and they're just worried about other people's safety. Her first run actually back, gosh, what was that? 2008 around that time at, at the spring game, she got loose from the handlers and she was a lot smaller back then. And so you, you don't want to mess around with a, a live buffalo. Yes, she is uh, trained to some extent, but it's still a wild animal that you don't want to have to worry about uh, the people down on the field and kind of, you know, the concern for their safety. So uh, they've decided to uh, play it smart and she's going to be there at the game, more ceremonial. She's not going to run and uh, they're going to be on the search for Ralphie six here. They're, they've already... Uh, pegged down three candidates for that and, and they're kind of betting those three buffalo uh but uh ralphie had a good run uh not necessarily in terms of wins and losses for the football team but uh she definitely had a lot of personality this one hey i i've been there i've seen ralphie i think ralphie does what ralphie wants to do and i think exactly. she's gonna make a run i think she's gonna make a run for it you heard it here she's gonna make a run for it <laughs> We'll see. But, uh, hey, for those of us uh, coming into Boulder, uh, it's a cool, cool college town. Uh, give us an idea, maybe some hot spots that people want to might hit for a bite to eat, a beer before the game, after the game to give people a little bit of an idea of what's going on downtown. Sure. Yeah. If you're looking for more of a kind of a college vibe, the hill, which is walking distance from Folsom Field. And you could just ask anybody, hey, point me to the hill. It, it, they'll, they'll gladly do that. And there's a place called The Sink with a, a really low ceiling that has really good comfort food and, and it has a good bar that I would recommend. It does definitely get busy on game day. The Dark Horse is another option uh, that's not on the hill that's over, uh, but it's still walking distance. It's over by the CU Event Center, which is where the basketball team plays and really good burgers, kind of a laid back environment. If you're taking your wife or girlfriend out the pearl street is a great place to walk around there's tons of restaurants and, and just good people watching and a lot to do over there a lot of bars restaurants uh, i would recommend pasta jays if you like italian food and so there's a lot of spots around the stadium the pearl street is probably the most popular place to go just in terms of walking around and kind of soaking it in but definitely bring your hat and gloves because it's going to be cold out on saturday pasta jays rick neuheisel's old haunt yeah it's, it's still it's continued to be a CU spot. Uh, Mel Tucker, you know, invited all the media to have lunch with him during the bye week, and that's where we we all met up. So it's still kind of the the CU place to go. 
And he knows how to hire. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Anything else we need to know looking going into this game, Adam? Well, you know, Washington fans would probably enjoy another blowout, but because uh, it's been seven seven of them uh, since Colorado joined the Pac-12, they've never really competed that well against Washington. Uh, th- those of us here that cover the Buffs, uh, you know, we, we got to be unbiased, but it'd be actually nice to see a, a competitive game for once against the Huskies. It's been it's been pretty brutal in recent years. All right, Adam, thanks for getting jumping on with us and run, Ralphie, run. I hope she breaks loose. But anyways, uh, uh, we look forward to seeing you there on Saturday. Uh, for all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds with Adam Munster Tiger. Go dogs. Thank <laughs> you.